You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. I'm here with Anna this week. Paul is conspicuously absent. Uh, but in his place, I'm very excited to introduce our guest. She is the editor-in-chief of Prima Games, co-founder of Don't Fear the Gamers, editorial director of Rekt Global, and lots of other things. <laughs> uh, we'd be here all day if I was going to list them all off. But uh, she is also a personal role model of mine in community building and leadership. Welcome to the show, Liana Rupert. How are you doing today, Liana? Oh, that's like the sweetest intro ever. I'm good. How are you? I'm excited to be here. We've been trying to do this for so long. Yeah, you know, it's actually uh, when I first started this podcast, or before I first started this podcast, when I was like trying to scout names for people who I'd want on a show, your name was on the list of people. That's how long I've been trying to get you on the show. I know you're busy. I'm not like saying. Oh, no, you know, guilt. Not, <laughs> the guilt is real. <laughs> I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to lay it on you here or anything like that. I'm just really glad that you finally managed to find the time to uh, uh, to come on the show. It's, uh, it's a great honor and a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. And as I passingly mentioned, how are you doing, Anna, this week? <laughs> yeah, I'm here too. Yeah, I'm pretty fantastic. <laughs> I spent the day selling cutting boards on the lawn of a, a big fairground. It was absolutely fantastic. The rain actually started the moment we started taking down the tent. It couldn't have been better. Actually, how's Victoria doing with all this stuff going on? Oh, you, you guys were COVID free a couple of weeks ago, weren't you? Yeah, we're still pretty close, and the bits and pieces we do have are mostly up island or in secluded island areas. So we we seem to be doing okay. Things seem fairly normal here. We we don't have mandatory masks. I believe uh, Toronto yeah. has the mandatory masks, so mm -hmm. a little bit different over here on the West Coast. But I think Canada, we're all going to ante up, and it's all going to go pretty even across the board soon. Yeah. How, how about uh, how about your area, Liana? Oh my God, Chicago. <clears throat> No, people don't know how to wear masks. We, I don't know yeah. what people's issues are. We keep getting really bad spite. You know, what sucks too is yeah. our, our governor is actually really good. Like he's, I'm actually really proud of all the things he's been doing to try to, to seclude everything and get it under control, but nobody wants to listen for some reason. <laughs> so we're yeah. still in quarantine where I'm very immunocompromised. So I try to just assume everybody else around me is too. Of so course, anytime yeah. we do go for like grocery shopping or something, we'll usually seclude ourselves like for like a week or two. Mm -hmm. after just in case yeah, i don't want to accidentally enough. get anybody sick <laughs> mm -hmm. it's a good idea yeah the uh well i was just surrounded with people but everybody was socially distant and so the tents were all six meters apart and there was cones for where everybody was to stand and everything was done touchless and tapless so i was really nice. happy with the organization because mm -hmm. i didn't think i'd be in markets this year i actually started doing other things thinking this just wasn't going to happen and i was only going to be online so it's promising you know i hope, yeah. I hope we can keep it up that's great. I wish everybody would take that because you can smartly, but smartly mm -hmm. does not include thousands of people at a beach at a time. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. No, those pictures are so scary now. They used to be so beautiful and enticing. And now I'm just like, no. <laughs> uh, uh -uh. No. <laughs> well, it's weird because I used, I used to never see people get that close from one another before. Mm -hmm. Everyone used to like keeping their distance. And now it's sort of like everyone's just, hey, let's all get shoulder to shoulder for no reason. It's now because mm. they know they can't, so they want to. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly. America is just 
a bunch of children that don't know how to just stay in timeout for their necessary amount of time. <laughs> oh, man. Exactly. We'll have right to find time. different vices to take away to distract them for now, you know. <laughs> yes. Lock all of their electronics. Yeah. Take away their Facebooks and their Twitters. <laughs> yeah. How's it been for uh, games journalism? Oh my God, it's weird. I uh, travel a lot for work and mm -hmm. there's, I mean, I'm usually in California more often than I'm not. Um, so like, I think the month before COVID hit, I was in LA three different times that month. Mm -hmm. So this is the longest time in years I think I've been at home. So it's been driving me absolutely nuts because I'm mm. just used to, it's a very go, go, go pace. Like the biggest, you know, people always make fun of me too, because like, I don't know how to ask for help. So I tend to take everything on myself. And so like, mm -hmm. I remember last year at E3, we actually had to go to the hospital because I had, um, my feet were bleeding so bad from oh, like <laughs> running wow. just everywhere. So like to have just be home it's nice because, you know, my husband and my animals are here, but it's it's very weird. I didn't realize how reliant my entire schedule was around not having a schedule. So now, I don't know, it's weird. And then needing to be creative. Um, but I am really, really excited because the company I work for, we do a lot of talent. Like, we're actually running a lot of the STCC programming this year. Um, we do a lot of the E3 booths and stuff and... So we've really had to pivot and go digital. We've done some really cool showcases. Uh, mm. So I'm kind of, it's kind of interesting. It's ex interesting to explore where the industry goes from here because I really feel like games is going to be, industry-wise and consumer-wise, is going to be a lot different from here on out, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Well, you've been in games journalism for a very long time now. So um, let's start from the beginning. Well, what is your gaming background and how did you get into the field? Uh, I have been gaming, so I'm 33. Um, my mom was actually a huge gamer, so we had the original Nintendo and the SNES and all of mm. that from a really young age. And back when I was a kid, and I think, I think we're kind of in this similar age group, but like, it wasn't really cool to be a gamer. Like, we were all considered like mouth breathers. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and being a girl at the time was a lot, you know, not like it is today mm -hmm. but uh so yeah i knew i remember i remember specifically when i was five years old i was obsessed with contra mm -hmm. and i was obsessed with oh, yeah. f-zero <laughs> mm -hmm. and i the few times i would try to invite people over they just were not having it they didn't understand and i just remembered like how i felt hanging out with them versus how i felt gaming and i was like Gaming. Gaming is what I want to do <laughs> for the rest of my life. Like, this is it. So, yeah, I, I kind of knew I wanted to do something. <clears throat> and then when I went to college, uh, it's still, you know, gaming wasn't mainstream like it is today. Mm -hmm. And everybody and their mothers, my mother, advisors, everybody, I was trying, I wanted to go to school for game design and just everybody told me not to do it. So I changed. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up dropping out because I wasn't happy. And then I joined the military like an idiot. But like during that all that time, I you know was working like at little trade game shops. Like uh, there's one called Vintage Stock that does like retro games and like comics and, mu and music and stuff. And I just really wanted to soak up everything I could about mm. the industry. Mm -hmm. I I wanted to know freaking blood types. I wanted to know everything. <laughs> yeah. And really just learning. And then uh, yeah, what a lot of people don't realize. I don't know if it's necessarily the same. I think nowadays it might mean more about luck <laughs> mm -hmm. but back when i was trying it was really about building your portfolio first and uh, 
most of the people in my circle started out the same way where we just wrote for free for a long time right. uh, just mm -hmm. to try to build up a portfolio and add value of like, no, I, I'm used to researching and I'm used to hounding for contacts. And, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people think writing games is, oh, you just play games all day. It's like, uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Yeah. My backlog is very bad. <laughs> and a lot of the games we do play, we don't get to keep progress because like they're play. you know, like I just played a bunch of hours of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but that progress doesn't carry over. So like, mm -hmm. will I, unless I'm reviewing it, I likely won't play it all the way through for a while. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so it was just getting portfolio, um, shopping around to magazines. You know, I've worked for a couple of magazines in the past. A lot of them are, you know, discontinued now, but uh, just getting my name everywhere and shopping and and then getting a few freelance gigs and doing some hosting gigs. And then eventually I had a good enough resume, had a, a few stories that were good enough to be like, oh, wow, like you chased the story. Awesome. And I did a lot of freelance, a lot of freelance like sites <laughs> like GameSpot and things like that. And then I finally landed uh, with ComicBook.com. Uh, a few years ago, which was my big salary gig. Like that mm -hmm. was, I was a writer before that, but it was all freelance. And yeah. for me, I knew, I, I'm very picky. If I want something, I want it to be a certain way. And I knew I wouldn't see myself as a writer until I made a salary position, which isn't fair, but that was just how my mind worked for some reason. Of course, yeah. So mm -hmm. then we did that. And then from there, I uh, became a managing editor over with CBS um, with their gaming division, which is the owner of Comic Book. And then Greenlit was like, hey, yo, we got Prima Games. Do you want to, we're resurrecting it. Because I was right after the news that it was shut down. And I was like, holy shit, like I have piles of prima games guides like hell yeah mm -hmm. give it exactly. to me let's do this and they were like yeah we want you to take it a different direction it doesn't have to be all guides like do news features whatever i was like done give it to me i'm down and uh, yeah that's kind of where i'm at now i don't know i don't know uh 17 years of gaming writing uh games writing i don't know if this is where i want to be for very much longer i enjoy it i love it a lot but through the years it's just continuously evolved into a very toxic mm. place it's not the best job right now for women especially and right. it's it's uh not safe a lot of the times and you know if you have any kind of mental health issues at all i mean you're getting i get thousands i've gotten thousands of death threats and people putting my address up on the internet and just yeah. like it's weird so i don't know but yeah it's been a, it wasn't overnight a lot of people tend to see people in their space that they are at that moment not realizing mm -hmm. the journey it took like yeah. ninja everybody sees him as the epitome of streamers but they don't realize that he streamed for like seven or eight years with no views at all until he got to that mm -hmm. point like mm -hmm. There's a lot of sweat that goes into it that I think a lot of people don't really give the credit. Not because like they're like, oh, give me accolades for the hard work. But it's like, no, for people wanting to get in, they need to see those rejections and that time. And how much are you willing to put into it? Because you'll get what you put in. And if you're not willing to build yourself up, sometimes that means for free, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get where you want to be. Being an unpaid intern is really common when going into bigger industries as well. I mean, you really, to get your foot in the door, you have to put in a lot of hours. Oh, yeah. A lot of networking, yeah, prove your mettle. Yeah, mm -hmm. internships are a great way to do that because then they see like, okay, if this person is this dedicated in a lower, you know, ranking, I guess, former military, so I can't help but say that, but like yeah. a former <laughs> lower ranking, you know, it's... uh 
you get to really build your own reputation. Like I'm really proud of the reputation I have now because it took me years and years and years of being consistent. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm proud of that because a lot of people unfortunately give up. I've had a lot of people give up. I've had a lot of people leave the site that we run, that we own, that we created because, mm -hmm. you know, after X amount of time, they're like, I can't do it anymore. It's like, I get it because that's it's not it's not an easy <laughs> industry to break into and mm -hmm. it can take some people a month i like my writer that i have right now he kind of just stumbled into it i thought <laughs> i liked his vision i was like you know what you i'm gonna take you but other people it can take them up to like 10 years mm -hmm. yeah but he had to find somebody like you with consistency to pull it off you know that word right there that is almost a swear word it is the hardest <laughs> and most functional word in the business world out there and it is yeah. so rare to come across i agree i agree completely it's rough it's it's rough and people don't understand that you know you hear consistency and they don't realize like consistency means even when you don't want to do it or when you're backs against the wall and you feel like you're running quit push mm -hmm. yourself just a little bit harder until you realize you don't want to do it anymore. I've I've had writers that well, I just had a writer Nick Barth. Shout out to my boy Nick. He's been in Sinistry for a while and he resigned recently and he was just like I just don't want to be in gaming anymore. And I was like, "You know what, dude? That's understandable. Yeah. <laughs> the way everything is right now, that is understandable." Go forth and prosper. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a game for marathon runners and not sprinters, right? Yeah. And the biggest thing I can give advice I can give is don't go into it wanting to be the next Jason Schreier or the next Alana Pierce. Like, don't yeah. if you're going I have a coworker that I'm not going to say their name, but they think they're very slick when mm -hmm. they, they slide into people's DMs and comment on everybody's comments. And there's networking and then there's almost being obsessive. And <laughs> that kind of behavior comes off very. I don't know, clout chasing almost a little bit. And that's not the reputation you want. You want to be making meaningful networks. Don't chase people. Don't hound mm -hmm. people. You got, and if you're coming into this industry with the sole purpose for no other reason other than wanting to be famous, that's going to bite you in the ass. It mm -hmm. might not bite you in the ass immediately, but it will eventually bite you in the ass later because despite what people think, this industry is very small. And that mm -hmm. kind of behavior right. is very easily detected. So if anybody's listening and they're like, I want to get into games. Be humble, no matter if you're Jason Schreier level or if you're just starting out, no matter what, be humble. Because if you're not, that's only going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to grow as a writer either. You can't ever feel like you know everything. That's that's not the scope of the job and it never will be. Mm -hmm. Do you sometimes find like fast rise, fast fall happens? Like, do you see people that get in there and all of a sudden they're amazing and they're everything and they're everywhere and then you never see them again like that? Does that happen? A thousand percent. And it's also mm -hmm. usually those types mm -hmm. of people, too, that they're because they, it's not that steady build that mm. they get to that immediate rush and that that's when the kind of power trips happen. And I have yet yeah. to see a person get to that level and not, again, bite them in the ass. There's a big reason why there's a lot of big names at IGN you mysteriously don't hear about anymore. Or right now what we see with Ubisoft is that kind of behavior, if you start leaning into the egotistical me, me, me type aspect, it's going to come out eventually and you're going to regret it. You're going to look back and you'd be like, I should have experienced that experience for what it was versus what I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. And... This you really have. This is an industry that is a really cool industry to work in, but you really have to be passionate about it because you'll never be able to look at a game the same way. I 
like yeah. cyberpunk i said i was like i'm not reviewing that game because i i'm so looking forward to it i need to be able to enjoy it and like <laughs> it's, that's why i started the twitch channel like i i can't not pick apart games and and look at the history like oh well i met this developer and he was an asshole and yeah or, and, you know and it just colors everything and there's a lot of days where you're working till one o'clock in the morning like e3 chew my husband can attest uh e3 week is the hardest week i think of the year for me personally and for a lot of other journalists we were there last year for two weeks and i think for the entire two week span i maybe slept four hours total oh yeah it was Fertile. rough came back was sick as a dog this is mm. terrible. This is, is terrible. But it's worth it if that's an area you're super passionate in. Mm -hmm. But it takes you got to know going in. I guess a lot of people have a romanticized view. <laughs> this is turning into such a negative industry. Like <laughs> I don't mean to be like <laughs> gaming sucks. It's gonna eat your soul. Like don't mean that. I just... Oh my god. I I just like I'm hearing myself talk. Just like come on, Leanna. It's not it's not negative, but. <laughs> I don't know. I, I run a lot of mentorship circles with young writers and I, I see a lot of that idealism and I see mm -hmm. it go a thousand different ways wrong. And I just I, it breaks my heart because yeah. it's because nobody prepared them. Well, well it's fair mm -hmm. to say it's not really negative. It's actually pretty universal, like uh, in any occupation, in any career, in any field. Um, you know, a lot of people go into things thinking that's what they want to do. And then they, you know, they kind of realize once they're in it, like, oh, wait, this is not what I expected, right? Like, you, know, you can imagine people who uh, watch these, like, uh, legal dramas and want to be a lawyer. It's like, you don't know what lawyers really do, do you? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything prosperous usually has very many long, boring, difficult, tiring moments that are very, very repetitive. And that doesn't mean it's not exciting and wonderful. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. <laughs> But it's not all like there's it's it's still rooted in reality. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, I've been running my business for eleven years now, and and we've had quite a few friends that have started and stopped businesses online and and in person. And apart from uh, some of the older contractors that we have worked with since the beginning, not a single one person that I know still runs the same business that they started then or any business at all. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the stick to itiveness. We know a lot of people. It's just. Not a lot yeah. of people seem to, and it is, it's hard. It's all really hard. And, you know, we're not exactly retiring rich, but here after 10 years, we're hitting a flow. You know, things are in the, the green and not the red. It is feasible. Oh, that's that's nice. amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I had nothing but respect for people that start their own businesses. Like it's, mm -hmm. people don't understand. There's a lot of risk. And when mm -hmm. you put that much of yourself into something too, like the fear of could I have done something differently or something? I don't know. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a lot of strength in doing that. I definitely have nothing but respect for that for sure. Mm -hmm. And you know, also to back you up on uh, the whole thing about you know when people think that going into the industry just means they get to play all the games for fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, uh, you know, I, I'm not I'm not in the industry the way you are, but like you know when I worked at EB Games, even just you know we got like five resumes a day of people who think that working at EB Games means that you get to sit around playing games. It's like really that's what you think that this does? <laughs> yeah, the games just sell themselves. We're all in the back. Yeah. Peace out. Yeah. There's the cash register. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my lord. Well, so, and the best too is like people that don't want to play the games that like oh my god, that's my word. I oh, that grinds my gears is when we have like full-time writers and you're like, "Okay, these are the things we need to review this week or this is these are the things we need to write the games." And they turn around and say, "Well, I don't want to. I don't like the game." 
tough shit. It's your job. <laughs> it's I job. need to, I, this yeah. is what I need, and I need it by this time. Like, hopefully next week there's something that tickles your fancy, but like, exactly. we pay your salary, man. Like, this yeah. is what's needed. Like, I, Not I, that's my favorite Not every book can be thing. Moby Dick, you know, just mm-hmm. play right? the game. Just play the game, do it fast. Next week will be better, hopefully. Well, that's that's what we're all doing, though. I mean, we're all doing business gaming. I don't do all that you do, but even just, just for the guild and work with the podcast, pretty much every time I turn on a game and it's not a game for work, I'm like, should I really be playing this game right? or should I be yeah. playing one of the games on yes. this list? Yes, the guilt is real. It the really guilt is, is so real. Like, I don't... I, yeah, it's so bad. That, that's literally why I started the Twitch because I was like, I cannot categorize in my head. I am such in work. I have no work life balance that I don't watch TV shows. I don't do anything. So I'm like, I should be working right now. So if I do this, I can at least be like, no, I'm cultivating a community. <laughs> it's still productive, but it's not. It's just me making stupid jokes and thinking I'm funnier than I actually am. But it's in my head. It's productivity. So it works. <laughs> It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> it's true. Twitch does the same for me because, I mean, no, it's not like everybody in my house is going to gather around me and watch a play a game and throw in quips and comments. Like in real life, that's not actually <laughs> going to happen for me. So I can go on Twitch and a couple of people from online can throw me those quips and comments and, and most of the time teach me something about the game I didn't know or give me information that I wouldn't have known before. So it, it's great. I love it. To clarify on the record, uh, do you ever feel pressure uh, when reviewing a game to review it in a more positive way or in, a, or in any sort of a certain direction based on, you know, the um, uh, your relation to the developers or the companies? No. And that's why I have a lot of people that aren't my biggest fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is a good segue into something I do want to mention. Um, can we, like, end this myth that paid reviews are a thing? Mm-hmm. Because they're not. Um, I think people are confusing maybe influencers with journalists. Um, so basically the infrastructure of writing oh, reviews and things. <laughs> no, oh, my God. I'm like, oh, this is a pet peeve of mine. Um, no, like, um, you know, there's there's a lot of people that, yeah, I mean, every time you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If you give a game that everybody hates a good review, you're accused of paying them off if you give a game that everybody loves a bad review you're accused of not being a real gamer and mm-hmm. and uh the way the infrastructure of reviewing works at most websites is even if a if a, a pr because usually the the handles between giving a review code to somebody is never handled by the publisher it's usually handled by a third party pr person and so the the, the two don't really meet anyway <laughs> at all. Um, but in the few instances where I did have, um, I, I you know I've had publishers be like, "Hey, can you not say this sounded like ass? Could you maybe just say it didn't sound great?" Or you know that maybe. And even then, for seventeen years, I think I've heard that maybe twice. Right. Um, for the large part, it's not. You're never going to hear back anything. The worst thing that's going to happen is they won't feature you in their marketing. That's about it. Right. Um, but yeah, a lot of people tend to think that there's paid off. And even if there, there was like a PR person was like, hey, we didn't like this. It usually goes to the editor, not the person that reviews. Like when I have my writers review something, they'll say something to me. And nine times out of ten, that feedback does not go to the writers unless it's good feedback because the, it's already done. We did our part. You did your part. Have a nice day, I guess. But mm-hmm. No, I, I for me personally, 
Uh, and that's a big reason why I've stepped away from reviews a lot in the last two years is I I tend to have opinions and this is not me being like, I'm so special. I just, I really think I have bad taste. <laughs> and I, I, I tend to really enjoy games that people love or uh, hate. And I tend to not like games that people absolutely adore. Mm -hmm. And that usually gets me, you know, unfortunately, being a woman in this industry and being a woman that has a very uniquely spelled name, um, it's very right. easy to find my contact information. That's why I don't like the worst place you could try to reach me at is Facebook because I do not check Facebook messages at all under any circumstance. And, uh, you know, you just, you know, and, and there's sometimes there was a couple of games where I was like, I would do a disclaimer, like, you're going to not like this review. So if this is a game you're excited for, you should probably stop reading this review at this point and see you later. <laughs> like, it's just, you know, the feedback's bad. But and, I, and maybe some people do. Obviously, I can't speak for everybody. But for me personally, I don't know how to say this without not sounding like a total, like, narcissist. But I'm pretty comfortable in my viewpoints and things. And I'm very comfortable with changing my viewpoints on things. Like, if I'm presented, yeah. I've never mm -hmm. been one of those totally. person people to, like, yeah, that's like, no, I'm right no matter what. Like, oh, shit, you're right. That's a really good point. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, pivot, pivot my idea. And I've changed complete reviews before. After I've done after the fact reviews or after I spent more time with, especially for those ongoing life service games. Like, you know what? <laughs> my first impressions were a little off. Here's an addendum. But I won't change the initial review. I'll either do a separate one mm -hmm. or do it at the bottom with an update. But uh, for me personally, I'm pretty comfortable with my security and how I am and my process because I overanalyze everything. <laughs> That's perfect, right? You're like, don't apologize, just evolve. That's what you're doing. That's just perfect. evolve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. the perfect way to saying it is just, I mean, that's, and that's the advice I give to all writers is mm -hmm. yeah, always evolve. If you think, you know, everything there is to know about writing, you might as well quit because you're at the end yeah. of your career. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just how it is. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'm friends with a lady who's 100 years old, and she said, you know, I learn something new every day. The day I don't learn something is the day I might as well just lie down and not get back up again. So there's a lot of learning in 100 years. Yeah, that's a that's the that's literally my philosophy for everything. I love that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, you should sure. never stop learning. And who cares about your pride, your pride. And next week, or is that thing that affected your pride? gonna matter no so just swallow it who fucking cares i was counting down to it i was wondering when it was going to happen <laughs> but yeah the only person your pride matters to is yourself and you know nobody sees it the same way you see it so there's no point in honoring it as such yeah. <laughs> exactly I mean, it really just baffles me like just the whole culture of people who just like uh who just fester hate over a differing opinion. Like when mm -hmm. someone reviews something and they disagree, just be like, well, I don't agree with that. And just like move on. Right. But then like, some people just like, like you said, the death threats, you hear about it all the, everywhere, you know, and oh, yeah. I imagine mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you've got a worse than uh, just about anyone. Uh, but you know, no matter what, it's common. It's like, you always hear about like the people getting death threats and uh, mm -hmm. harassment just because it's like, I like the thing you didn't, like who cares like just like it go yeah. for it or do you don't think like your it. opinion's that important that you need to like berate my opinion to make me believe your opinion now because that might <clears throat> not be the right way to get me to think about what you're talking about <laughs> exactly yeah. it's so funny too because i'll block people i've gotten to the point where i don't even engage if you mm -hmm. come yeah. at me with hate i will immediately block you and it's so funny because 
they'll always share the screenshot that they're blocked like it's a badge of honor. It's like, oh, I won. It's like, you didn't win anything. You're just not, you're literally not worth my time. Like, you're so inconsequential. And that sounds like a really shitty thing to say, but it's true because if you're, if that's how you are, I have no time for people like you. I don't care. Exactly. Your opinion is shit and I will wipe my butt with it. And an on. apology is just an excuse until the next time you cause trouble anyways. I don't uh, go for that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, and to set the record straight, because I've been following you on Twitter and Facebook for uh, for uh, for a bit of a time now. Yeah, It's usually when I see you block somebody, it's for a pretty damn good reason. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I try not to. Usually I'm pretty good at ignoring mm -hmm. it. But if it's those people that try tagging me into things and try to do the mob mentality, nah, I don't have time for it. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have other females in the industry? I mean, I know nobody's kind of really doing exactly what you do, but do you have other people that you look for for advice or mentoring? Or do you feel you're kind of just on your own a little bit? No, I have a, like I said earlier, like the gaming industry is very small. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm really lucky because I have a lot of really amazing people in my corner and in awesome. my circle that I've met through the years. And, you know, I really, if there was one person in particular I could give a shout out to, uh, her name is Amanda Farrow. And uh, she used to be the editor in chief of GameDaily.biz, which is a business facing website. So it's not like the, here's the new patch note site. Like it's <laughs> literally like deep dives. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll usually takes a long editing process to get these sort of, they're very thought out deep dives. And it's really great. But watching her work, <laughs> I, I could always go to her with, with uh, questions and advice and just watching her entire process, which is just always really inspiring to me. And and uh, the people that aren't in my scope, but are in like the peripherals, like, you know, the video content creators and um, just, yeah, I, I, I'm not alone. Um, and for those that do feel alone, I definitely reach out to me because like I can hook you up with some good communities that specifically for that. I think too, a lot of times with women in this industry and, anybody listening, this is just my personal experience, but we have a lot of like whisper networks and microcosm communities that because there is a lot of, you know, toxicity and predatorial behavior, where again, we're seeing that with Ubisoft and we have those networks that the women in the gaming industry are some of the strongest women. And I was in the Marines, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like there's the women in the games industry are among the strongest I've ever met in my entire life. And more than that, they're incredibly strong, incredibly powerful, and they look out for each other. You don't even have to know. Like, you don't have to know them. I've had women, I've seen women see like a journalist or a developer at, a, at an industry party, and the second they look uncomfortable, they'll pretend they've been best friends for like 10 years. Like, the, the support is amazing. I love it. It's that's one really cool side. And it sucks because that a lot of that has evolved from more dangerous aspects. But mm -hmm. it is so cool to see so many women. You don't really see that. Like, media likes to portray that women are, like, jealous and catty. And, like, you don't really see that. I haven't run mm -hmm. into that at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the female so, gamers nice. that uh, I've come in contact with not having met any growing up as a kid. Because, like, I didn't even know people who really played games, let alone girls that were playing them. But they're all just exactly. such a lovely, supportive group of people. And I'm like, where were you guys when I was in school? Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> right? Oh, my God. It's so it's so crazy seeing it now. I'm so happy, though, because it was you were uh, it was a weird being a, a, a girl that gamed when they were young because. <laughs> yeah. Lord, mm -hmm. <laughs> it was not a popular thing. It was definitely not cool. Especially playing PC games. You're like, oh, yeah, hey, do you want to come over and watch me play an adventure game? 
<laughs> Just don't talk because yeah. I'm focusing. Yeah. <laughs> Write down things. Draw the map. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Draw the map. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I, you're so right about that because I remember uh, when I grew up and I, you know, I was, um, uh, I, I was a kid when NES originally came out and onwards. Um, and, you know, gaming was always regarded and treated and done by the the boys. It was like, uh, I think there was yeah. like one time in elementary school when a girl said that she had an, uh, a Nintendo and nobody believed her. She was like, no, you don't. Girls, yep. girls don't. Girls <laughs> oh, don't yeah. have Nintendo. They don't do that. It's like, oh, yeah. even if they existed, no one would ever believe that they did. Yeah, you don't. You didn't talk about it. Yeah, for sure. Like that just wasn't. It's so funny too because my mom, like I said, my mom was the gamer, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it was just her and I growing up. There was you know no dad or anything, and but it's so funny when I would bring it up, they'd be like, "Oh, is that your dad?" It's like, "No, it's my mom's." <laughs> like, "Oh, where'd she get it?" She fucking bought it. Like, like, where do you get your consoles? (laughs) It's weird. I don't know. I'm glad it's changed, though. It's very... I haven't really run into anybody being like, are you a real gamer in a while? Which is nice, because that was... Mm -hmm. That was fun, especially in the beginning of my career. That was super fun. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been hearing for years now, as, you know... um, it does pop up quite a bit the uh, the amount of harassment and such that goes on in the industry. Do you feel at least now that uh, are things like improving? Like, are they on a trend of improvement or getting better at least? Uh, I could see how it would look that way. Mm. Um, I don't know how in tune you guys are in what's going on, especially on Twitter, but. Uh, gaming is going through a Me Too movement, mm-hmm. another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but this is not the first one. The thing that the wrong, the thing that happens though, is everybody gets super passionate and we have to treat our women better. Ah, for about two days, mm. <laughs> and then another trend happens and it's forgotten, and then suddenly I've, the people that were rallying with you are now rallying against you, and right. Um, you know, Ubisoft is actually, and I keep bringing that up because that's just what's happening today, but they made some big moves. They removed the three very high-level executives, including the head of HR today, uh, based on allegations. And and one of them, it's heartbreaking because one of them was my really good friend. Oh, no. And I had no idea. Uh, I remember when the allegations first came out, I called him and I cussed him out. I was like, you know, I was like, well, I texted him and I was like, what the hell is going on? And he was like, don't believe it. I was like, I'm not saying shit. You need to call me and you need to tell me what's going on. And he tried to do the whole sob story of I'm framed. And I was like, okay, well, walk me through what happened. Mm -hmm. Explain it to me Mm -hmm. like I'm five. Yeah. And I kept making him repeat parts of the story. Because if you make somebody repeat a story enough times and it's not the truth, they'll eventually slip up. Mm -hmm. And I had him repeat the same story like five times in a row, and every time he told it differently. Oh, that's too bad. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And I was like, and I it ended. <laughs> the call ended very poorly. I was like, you know, f you, don't ever talk to me again. Like I'm so disappointed in you. Mm-hmm. Like, because and he was a person that I used to give contact information of young journalists starting out because I thought he was a person that could be trusted. I'm like, this is a person that's well connected. He will help you with your career and sick mm-hmm. like i that when that went through I, I went through every single person i ever referred to like did you anything happen to you? you tell me i'm not gonna tell anybody but i will freaking kill him like tell me like what <laughs> yeah. happened and well yeah. you know and um but i don't think it's i don't think it's getting better yet because it's too early to tell because you're already starting to see people lose interest again yeah. um well, i don't know if you remember with my whole thing in march um 
got freaking got interviewed by Fox. Like it was which one? Like, it was very public. I, I hate to say it, but it's like I've heard so many things. Like which one was it that was yeah. in March? Uh, that was uh was something that happened with me at PAX East. Oh yeah, 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 was, yeah. Oh I, yeah. yeah, we're familiar super with that one. Embarrassing. Yeah. Oh. That was super oh. embarrassing, and and they're still they're, I'm still getting gaslit over that. Of <laughs> the person is still lying and still yeah. still saying, despite you know promising to do better, they're not. And uh, you know, if you give an apology and two seconds later release a document saying everything I said is wrong, that's not an apology. That's uh, yeah. and that people like that they get free passes because again, there's that short attention span, and he is by far not my only abuser in this industry. It's really weird because one of them. Uh, that nobody knows the specifics about got outed uh, in that first round about three weeks ago. And like, it got to the point where my boss called me like, I'm about to put you on forced leave. Like you need to, you're having, you need to deal with, you know, mm-hmm. not in a bad way, but being mm-hmm. like, you yeah, yeah. are dealing with a lot all at once. And like, cause I did tell him, I, I did tell him, because it's a person that was very big and he was very much like I still had to be friends with him on Facebook and I still had to follow him on Twitter because he told me he's like if you know you disconnect I will you will never work a day in your life again and it's just like Mm. and that's so common like it really is and it's just it's really heartbreaking so I I hope it's on the upturn I I think it's too early to see but I am seeing people that have previously been really callous to these types of stories finally starting to get interest and it's going to be one of those things, a little bit at a time, baby steps. Yeah. So so for those of us who are uh, on the outside looking in, uh, what would you recommend is something that we could do to take action to try to help make things a little bit better? Uh, believe women uh, mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, you know, and people like to be like, well, p- women lie. Okay. For one, every one woman that lies, which does happen, I've seen it mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've ripped them to shreds when I find out a hundred percent equal opportunity shredder. I don't care if you lie, you're done. Uh, but for every one woman that's lying, there's a thousand that aren't, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but having that skeptical, like it really hurt. There was one YouTuber with my whole shit that made a, a YouTube video. And even though their heart was in the right place, that gave the people that were looking to discredit me all the ammo oh. they needed. And so don't like, if you don't know 100%, without a shadow of a doubt, don't weigh in with your opinion. Right. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's contradicted to the woman's story. Because that every little slight naysay gets used in ammunition. Don't just don't weigh in. If you don't have anything constructive to add, don't weigh in. Um, you know, report it. If you see anything, you hear something, even with just trolls. If you see people just being dicks, just mm-hmm. give them a polite nudge. Be like, hey dude, uh, these are people. Yeah. Like whatever and just be aware of what's going on and- i think that's actually a really good point too that you mm-hmm. brought up that i hadn't really thought of before it's like sometimes like you know if you're friends with somebody and you don't know that side of them and then you hear the accusations and allegations made against them it could be in you know people's um uh, reflexive nature to be like well i know this guy and he's a cool guy but it's like you know you don't yeah. necessarily know that sure he may have been cool with you but that doesn't necessarily mean that all this other stuff didn't happen too right mm-hmm. Yeah, believe women even when it's your friends. Mm-hmm. And that's like the hardest thing. Like people think that it's so easy because people are so public on Twitter, especially especially Twitter of like, but you know, F these people, da da da. But like what they don't see is it's really hard when you don't when you learn it's the first reaction when you hear somebody close to you being accused, your first instinctual reaction if you really care about them is to defend them. Mm-hmm. And all I can say is try to tamper down that reaction. Because if I had done that with this person at Ubisoft, mm-hmm. 
I could have done a lot of harm to that woman, right. like a lot of harm to that woman, even though I wanted to. I wanted to be like, but what if? I, but I couldn't. And I had to actually like shut my phone off because I was scared I was going to type something that was insensitive or respond to something. And I was kind of spiraling. And the big thing is, is, is that morality can't just exist when it's separate outside of your circle. You need to make sure that even if it's somebody close to you, you have to believe victims. Mm -hmm. You do. You have to. A hundred percent. A good example, too, of pretty pers I like to use my personal experience just because I don't like to speak for other of people. Course. Mm -hmm. But uh, I had a writer that I let go for performance issues. I mean, it, it was a woman and uh, just a lot of performance issues. And, and she kind of knew it was coming anyway because I was like, you know, this can't keep happening. If this keeps happening, we're going to have to have a serious conversation and you might need to be looking for other employment. And... Uh, so I let her go. And then a couple of weeks later, I sent her a message like, hey, you know, I might have some freelance opportunities that might because, you know, if you don't have as much structure, maybe you'll thrive there. Mm -hmm. And then a week later, um, a bunch of controversy came out. I'm not going to say this person's name, but a bunch of controversy came out about this person who was grooming like young um, journalists sexually and was targeting certain men and women in the industry just to ruin their lives because they thought it was funny. Mm. And I loved this girl. Like, she was like family, mm -hmm. um, which was a big reason why I was trying to find a freelance position for her because I genuinely love just being around right. her. And I, for me, if you tell me you have an abuser, it's an instant block for me. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I've blocked CEOs before. I don't care. My career is never going to matter more than you feeling like you're in a safe place and a friendship with me. Mm -hmm. And, but I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, that one, I hovered over that block button for about an hour. And then when I finally did it, I cried because I was like, that was really, I, coming to terms with the fact that I would never talk to her again hurt like a bitch. Mm -hmm. But I always preach, believe victims. And mm -hmm. that you can't preach what you're not willing to back up. And a lot of those people affected by her we're also friends. And what kind of example would that set if they saw me still supporting her, even passively? Because a follow, unfortunately, as shallow as society is right now, a follow does count as an endorsement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It does. And uh, a lot of people in my circle still follow a lot of my abusers. And trust me, I know. I see it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going to say anything, but it still hurts. And yeah, I, I couldn't do that to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Man, this is I'm sorry. I'm like getting like existential and bad. Oh, no, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's really intense. But you know what? This industry is all about passion, and passion does lead in all different directions. And and you can't have yin without the yang. The more mm. amazing something is, oftentimes there's something to counter it that's not quite so amazing. So mm -hmm. you know, hearing all these inside tidbits in the industry, although not always good to hear is I think very, very important for us all to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Like just the, you know, um, the awareness of the problem mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, quite often, obviously it's the first step. It's also kind of like the, uh, the biggest step to take because like, you know, there's a lot of problems that just don't get seen. And that's kind of why, uh, you know, that's probably a lot of the, why there's such a hard time believing uh, the upsurge of um, people getting exposed now is because, you know, there's these problems that just sort of like lay under the surface and nobody kind of noticed. So they just sort of assumed that it wasn't happening. And now mm -hmm. that it all comes out and, you know, one person comes forward, next thing you know, a hundred people come forward, next thing, you know, thousands. And people are just sort of like, well, oh, yeah. no, that, no, they all just want attention, right? Suddenly. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. We get. I get told I'm wanting attention all the time. Well, actually, one of my friends that I was friends with for a long time unfriended me over the stuff that happened on, and uh, and separated himself completely from my life in back in March because uh, he thought I was doing it for attention. I was like, when I, when do I ever do anything for yeah. attention? I'm so. It took me years to come up with the Twitch because I don't like being on camera. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. um. But yeah, no, it's it's it is it's it, and a lot of people protect them too, and and there is that hierarchy of you want to make in this industry, keep your mouth shut, and that is a very real problem that we see because it is a very desirable industry to be yeah. in. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah, you, know, you also got to yeah. think like when you when it comes to the harassment and it comes to like the the real threats that are made to you personally and stuff like that. It's like who wants this attention? Who would actually mm-hmm. who would seek yeah, this out? It's terrible. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Being a victim is, is difficult. And I mean it it's embarrassing to say something about it. To to come out is is one of the hardest things somebody can do. So to not have support at that crucial moment can drive somebody right back into their shell again. It's really, really important that mm-hmm. uh, they have somebody that hears, understands and believes them. Oh my God, you just hit the nail on the head though. Like that's the problem too, is once you're labeled a victim, that's all people see you yeah, as. Right. I, I, I cannot, I've had people not want to work with me over, you know, people, it's, oh my God, it's just so frustrating just because, you know, a couple months ago, like I said, uh, my husband can attest, I was laying on the floor of the police station, sobbing my eyes out. I was talking to my boss. He can attest this. He gave me a week off. He was very understanding. I will always be thankful for him for that. Mm-hmm. I was laying on the police floor because I've always, you know, sc- really struggled with depression. And the, the person in question here exploited that a lot mm-hmm. uh, to the point where I have told this person, your direct actions, I'm, I'm going to off myself because I can't keep doing this constant abuse from you. And he would laugh and be like, well, do it. Ugh. And I remember laying mm-hmm. on the floor in the police station and there was three cops that were taking my statement because I, I did the court whole thing to get a restraining order and everything. And, uh, you know, I, I'm glad they didn't ship me off to a hospital like they're legally supposed to. But I was just like, shoot. I was like, do I need to rush you? Just fucking shoot me. And I, I remember just just being so desperate just to, you know, because people were like, well, everybody supported you. It was like for every message of support you saw publicly, I was getting berated and told I was being lied to and it's it's not good, but you know what makes it worth it is we counted because I had to print out every single one for my court documentation. And they asked me to press – the judge and my attorney did suggest I press criminal charges, and I didn't. Not because I would be like, oh, I don't think I'd win. He told me I would win. But I'm not trying to ruin anybody's life. I don't – that's not my objective. Mm-hmm. Like, that was not my objective. That was never my – I didn't even want to go public. They made me go public. Mm-hmm. And uh, – but – uh it was it was uh it, it was worth it because we had to count them out and i think it was the total was somewhere around like 219 mm. or wow. 220 women in my dm saying he did the same thing to me right. wow. so for all of this to him telling me telling everybody like oh she's lying she's lying okay well tell the other 200 plus women they were lying too mm. because we can't all be lying because i have never even heard of half these women coming up in my mentions but i believe them because they have, they don't. Nobody knows these specifics. I never said the specifics because that's nobody's business but my own mm-hmm. and the court. And uh, so when they were telling me specifics, there's no way they could have lied about that because they didn't know my specifics. Right. They didn't know anything, and I did that purposely because as much people try to claim it was for attention, girl. If I wanted attention, I would have said everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like don't, don't, don't play that. Like it, it's. Yeah. But yeah. I, it just believe women and you know if 
if it comes out that somebody's lying, I have only seen in my entire career one woman lie mm-hmm. in a personal circle. And that was shot down really quick. But to put that low of statistic above the higher statistics yeah. just it can't it's got to stop <laughs> well how many women have now come forward whether it's one i mean every woman who now feels power because of what you've said publicly is giving more power to the movement as well to be able to speak up for ourselves and talk about what's really happening so i i really want to say thank you to you as mm-hmm. somebody who has, has dealt with some of these issues in the past uh, i really admire you mm-hmm I appreciate yeah. that. I really, I really admire the women coming out right now about this Ubisoft thing because that mm-hmm. that takes a lot of guts too. They've gone. Uh, just my heart goes out. I believe every one of them. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of them. I know it's not easy. I know it's scary to think that that's going to be what their label is from here on out. But I'm I'm really proud of them too. I'm. We got to stick together, man. We mm-hmm. gotta we gotta protect each other. Nobody else is going to protect us. So it's true. Maybe that'll change, but. I'm not hopeful. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, you mentioned earlier that you weren't sure where you were going to be going as far as uh, working with Prima and Greenlit. What do you think you'll be doing? Where do you see yourself in five years? I mean, just if you're like lying back and imagining anything random, what what would you imagine your, your best scenario would be? Oh, man. I mean, I, I like what I'm doing now. Uh, I don't know what the future holds because journalism as a scope right now is very shaky grounds. We're seeing a lot of big websites shut down. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw the Game Informer layoff. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important that anybody in journalism kind of have backup plans, not because they're like actively looking to leave their jobs, but just in case, because mm-hmm. it is a very real threat right now. My dream, ironically enough, my dream has always been to work at Ubisoft. I think mm-hmm. I've, I've, uh, I've friends with a lot of people there. I've, applied there a bunch um bethesda i've applied a bunch i really again i have friends with a lot of people there and i love i love bethesda's model with their employees they are so respectful and they genuinely care about work-life balance and i don't like i do (laughs) but i'm not good with it so like i need somebody to force me like i need somebody to force that work-life balance onto me i would say bioware but i don't know where they're gonna be so i can't really that was always my dream Mm -hmm. but um I would love to work like as a community manager or something. Cause I, for me, I don't as journalism for me is I love being so close to the community. Like you're a journalist or basically the conduits between, you know, game developers and the consumer. And I love that interactivity there. And I think community manager would also fit that bill really nicely for me. I would love to work on like Mass Effect or Halo. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. Halo. <laughs> Freaking 343, hire me. Like, please. <laughs> I, I'll be good. I promise. I'll sweep your floors if you need me to. I don't care. Just let me work for you. But yeah, I, I think I would want to do either PR because we do a lot of PR at the work at my job currently. And I found I've really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if I were to leave journalism, it would be for community management or or a PR. I don't think I could do, I don't think, I think, I don't know. I don't think I could be a developer. Um, I just don't think I do it. Although I did get my first developer credit last year for, uh, what what for walking dead, walking dead saints and sinners. Oh, nice. Congratulations. That's our marketing. Congrats. (laughs) It was it was cool. I was like, hell yeah, that's fun. <laughs> PR is not easy, you know. That's the one element a lot of people are missing when they're trying to put together a whole package. It's one, literally one of the hardest parts. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it is, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of times very thankless too. Mm-hmm. I've seen, 
I've seen seen PR people, really good PR people. Mm-hmm. I gotta, oh yeah, so much respect for that job. It's hard, mm-hmm. but it's rewarding too at the same time. Um, go- going back a bit, you mentioned um, that you were kind of you, you kind of were put in charge of resurrecting Prima Games, and um, actually Anna and I were just discussing shortly before um, coming on here. Is uh, so, what was the state of Prima Games before you got there? And you know, obviously now it's it's actually a pretty good presence again. Uh, so congratulations. Um, mm-hmm. Thank but you. so yeah, so what is it? Where was it before you got there? What did you do? And what have you been doing? Um, so before it was shut down, uh, Prima Games kind of merged a little bit with uh, Brady Games, which is another guy's That's company. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't trust moves like that. And when I heard of that, I was like, I give Prima like two years tops after that. Because usually when that kind of happens, it's kind of a jump the shark type yeah. move. Um. And they and Prima has, to its credit, has tried to break into the news vertical a few times in the past, but I don't think it had the right leadership, mm-hmm. and I don't mm-hmm. think it had the right vision, um, and I don't think it had the right purchaser. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really happy with where Prima is right now, but that's just because I'm kind of always reaching for the stars. So mm-hmm. even if I did get it to the perfect place, I would wanted it three months ago that the level of perfection I would then change and it would need to be even better. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, we've, you know, that, and that first couple of months I I joined uh, was working like 18, 19 hour days, like really just talking to PR and really, cause you know, they've seen those kind of failed attempts in the news. So they don't like, why am I giving you a code if, or giving you any kind of resources when you're just going to quit in three months anyway. And, and so that was really about getting exclusives and really just putting the presence out there. We had last year, we had an interview with CD Projekt Red about Cyberpunk and IGN, Game Informer, Eurogamer, PC Gamer, all of them sourced our interview, which was freaking dope. Mm. Yeah. And it was kind of cool. And it kind of showed the buyers, you know, the, they, they took over back in March of 2019. And it kind of showed them, like, just trust me a little bit. You, I was hired because of my experience. So Trust. I have a weird thing too, because like I'm 33, but I have like bluish silver hair and piercings and tattoos. So I and I have a baby face. <laughs> so a lot of people don't take me seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally have a master's degree in business, like, and I've worked my ass off for 17 years. Like, but my appearance doesn't necessarily match up to that. So like, it's kind of interesting to kind of see. So I, I do kind of have to work twice as hard and you know the first couple months i worked at prima it was just me i was the only writer um i was suddenly expected to do video i was expected to do a lot of things it's just not realistic and even now it's a small team it's just two of us and we're running you know it's hard it's a lot it's a lot of work but it's nice it's nice to see people excited about prima again it's nice to you know, going to an event and people are like, oh yeah, I saw Prima was back. Like, cool. Da, da, da. I remember last year I went to uh, dinner with uh, Jesse Anderson, who works at Bioware. Um, he actually got his start in the gaming industry as a guides writer for Prima back in the day with the hard books. Mm. And, you know, we were, he was trading me stories of back the day and I was trading horror stories from today. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> it was, it was really cool because, like, I don't know, so far the reception I've gotten is like, oh, I'm so excited to see Prima back. And that was, you know, why I, I kind of left the cushy job of, of CBS, even though I miss that team immensely. It was especially my little, my, my, my Tanner and Megan. and mm. But uh, it was just a chance to bring back Prima. That was too good to 
too good to pass up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, every single one of us guaranteed has a book, a Prima Guide in our house. I have a, a Sims 2 Prima Guide sitting right in front of me here, just uh, using it to yes. put my um, next to my microphone stand. So, you know, it's it's a part of what we are. And, you know, I go and I look at your site and I read through the articles. It's hard to believe there's just a team of the two of you. I mean, you had me fooled. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. good. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're trying. We're trying to make it look like we have a lot more people. <laughs> I, I'll also go on but, record to state that I actually have um, at least one Prima guide for a game that I don't even own or play. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. It, it's so funny. I work at the company and I'll still buy them anytime. We went to Half Price Books and I saw a Mass Effect 3 guide. Mm. And I already have two copies of it, but I was like, I gotta buy it. <laughs> I was so dumb because, like, I really need to stop doing that because I don't use them anymore. Because I played Mass Effect like thirty times, so, like I I could write my own guide at this yeah. point, but <laughs> I gotta support it, man. <laughs> I finally got into Dragon's Age Origins, so I I have uh, the local Epic Games. I'm always looking for the guide on that book. That's just been such a fun game to play. I can't believe I missed out on it up until recently. Oh my gosh. Ooh, if you play, uh, I'm going to self-promote a little bit. If you play Dragon Age 2, mm -hmm. I have a video I recorded Ooh. about that that you should watch. I stumbled over it because I was slightly sick when I recorded it. So there's a couple times where I'm like, uh, but uh, I actually hated Dragon Age 2 at first. <laughs> and then now it's, I think it's arguably my favorite, top five favorite games of all time. Really? Huh. But very, you have to make very specific choices, mm -hmm. and you really have to change how you look at the game, especially after Origins. Mm -hmm. But for, oh my god, it's got some of the best character development mm -hmm. ever. It's amazing. Oh, I'll totally check that out. Yeah, because I mean, I don't know. This this is my game right now. I don't know what game I'm going to move on to next. So, oh man, Origins is such a treat. Mm -hmm. I love. Oh, you're gonna have so much fun with that. <laughs> yeah, it's fun, and the characters are lovely. The interactions are great. I love the fact that they just talk to each other and like bullshit each other and stuff as they're walking around. And then depending on who you pick, you get all these like wild oh and God. different reactions. It's just so much fun. Morgan and Alistair, mm -hmm. crap. Yeah, who are you romancing? Oh yeah, uh, I'm romancing Alistair because he's the warrior and he's just cute and handsome. Hell yeah. I have Morgan on. Those two are on my regular team. I had a friend who told me you had to keep them around a lot of the time, so they're they're my main team oh, for yeah. build ups. I don't oh, really yeah. use the the, the Warhound the much, but I do love the ability that you get to have a dog on your team. So, and a Warhound yes. at that, right? I think that is so cool. I love them. <sighs> I'm such, I love dogs. It's just great. <laughs> it's amazing. I enjoyed it too. That's why, oh my God, I hate it. You're going to hate it then. And act two of Dragon oh, Age, no. I think you kill a lot of no. dogs. Oh it's boy, terrible. that's always so hard. That was my hardest thing about playing video games when they started to get like a little bit cooler. And I was like, oh, and I have to kill animals too. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, don't play Last of Us Part 2 then. Oh, oh my no. God. I, when I played Dragon Age 2, I literally mod them out. Like, so it's just, I'm attacking air. That's perfect. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't do this. Last of Us, to be fair, you can avoid it. But you have to be really good at stealth, and I am not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, that one I actually had. A, I, I reviewed that one. That was actually the first review I've ever done where I reviewed a game I didn't play. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, 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 I was there the whole time. Right. I played the first part. Um, I actually wrote an article about it. Uh, if you go, if anybody's listening, goes to Prima Games. It's the article title was something like "Neck Snapping." Can we not or something like that? <laughs> but uh, it was like. I played like the first hour and then I, I have a really bad thing with 
neck snapping. I, I physically can't. I will throw up. I physically can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And it was just so like realistic and almost slow motion. <sighs> so I had to like sit there with my husband while he played through oh. the entire game. And like with my eyes like half closed when I saw like the me- the melee combat and then like <laughs> so I played enough to get a feel for the mechanics and the customization and then he would give me the controller when it was cutscenes or when I needed a craft so I could get the feel for that too but it was just I I was very honest in the review about it like mm-hmm. you know I just because I wanted like I said earlier I just like to be really transparent mm-hmm. in anything but like it was very odd to review it from that <laughs> standpoint like okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's still super authentic. You know, I think that's a lot further than a lot of reviewers actually go. They'll just play it for an hour and be like, yeah, this is my opinion, you know, and you really can't get an in-depth look doing it that way. So you did all right. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's so disrespectful to the team. Right? I hate hate that. Yeah. I hate that. (laughs) Can't do it. Mm -mm, No. Mad respect for you for that, for sure. I appreciate it. It was very weird, that's <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah, I'm just, I'm picturing this whole thing in my head now. I'm actually, it's kind of amusing, but. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just coming now to uh, time to wrap up. You've already given a few shout outs throughout the episode, but is there anyone you'd like to uh, give a specific uh, call out before we wrap? Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, let's do this. Okay, Do it, you have all the time, you have all the time. (laughs) Yeah, all right, first shout out, my husband, Chewy, Matt Rupert. He has been running DFTG swimmingly. He has been such a huge support because not a lot of husbands would be cool with their wives being on the road all the time, and he's never given me crap about it. He's been my biggest cheerleader. So hell yeah, Rupe, you're awesome. And then... Morgan Shaver, who is one of my writers, they have a passion for indies that I have never seen in anybody else. And they are the biggest champion for indies. And they constantly inspire me with their amazing work ethic and their amazing eye for details and their amazing dedication to a specific vertical that only seems to get love in an industry when it benefits them. Mm. So hell yeah, Morgan. Keep kicking ass. Don't stop being awesome. You're great. I love you. And Amanda Farrow, I already shouted you out, but I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you out there who want to catch Liana on her Twitch channel, she is at 30 Effin Hippie, which is D-I-R-T-Y-E-F-F-I-N-H-I-P-P-Y. Uh, check her out. She's on there quite a bit. She uh, hit affiliate in <laughs> seems like record time. Uh, you're well on the way to partner. As for last I checked, if you're not there already, who knows at this no, point? No, <laughs> I, I need, I need, I need to. I got all the qualifications except for I need to get 75 uh, average viewers. So I need to do to outweigh the ones I have now. I need to do like five streams in a row that hit 100 plus viewers at one wow. time. Mm-hmm. Which that seems like very daunting because the channel's only seventy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll see. Go <laughs> show support. Subscribe to the channel. Check out our streams. You can follow her on Twitter and pretty much anywhere at Dirty F and Hippie as well. And once again, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. It was uh, it, this has been an absolutely wonderful uh, interview and to uh, get to chat with you finally. Uh, in person, sort of, um, <laughs> as in person as we can really do in this day and age. But uh, eventually, eventually um, we'll make it in person. I said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, it's a great honor and pleasure uh, mm-hmm. to hear from you. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I lo- I love what you guys do. Oh, thank you. <laughs> 
And um, for those of you out there who would like to uh, support our show, um, we are on Facebook. We are a group and we have a page. Come find us at Classic Gamers Guild. Uh, we are on Twitter at The CG Guild. We are on Instagram at CGG Podcast. Uh, we have an email for those of you who still use email, mail at ClassicGamersGuild.com. You can also support the show on Patreon, especially those in our extra special thanks tier. That would be Jay Holmes and Mark Fillion. Uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, we really appreciate the support. And uh, yeah, until next time, we'll see you. Uh, well, well yeah, never mind. I'm going to abandon that. <laughs> Anna, can you please fail me out of this? Don't do a murder. <laughs> don't, don't do a murder. <laughs>